the, I might as well share the testimony now. Charlene and I, you know, we had that we had that opportunity to go to Poland, and um, there were some some financial needs that we had that we needed for that, and we we wanted to have fun with Holy Spirit with it, and so we came together in agreement and we began to pray to the Lord. We just sat down together and began to pray to the Lord. And Charlene, correct me if if I need to be corrected on any of this. And um, we both, as we began to pray to the Lord, we just released our faith. And we just said, Lord, we just know you're going to show us something to sow. And um, we got a phone call an hour later. Hallelujah. An hour later, we got a phone call from an individual who was coming to town. And uh, he was going to do some ministerial stuff. And uh, he needed a place to stay. He, he didn't tell us that. But when we talked to him, he hung up the phone. And immediately, the both of us heard it at the same time. That's your seed. And so what we did is, is we invited this man into our house, because he's a friend, and we paid for everything. The whole, I mean, the whole entire week he was here. And I uh, just took him everywhere and uh, just sewed into him. As a result, when we went over to Poland, we didn't make any hotel arrangements, any of that stuff. They picked us up. They took us everywhere. They paid for everything. They, I mean, everything. And we were just so excited about that. It, it just really thrilled our hearts. Um, and so we got excited about that. It's not the first time we've come together to, to, to actually plant a seed together. I mean, we have fun when we do this. And so now we've asked the Lord again, all right, Lord, this is fun. We want to do this again. So we've come in agreement again. So where are we going to plant our next seed? Hallelujah. But uh, there were three areas that the Lord was going to ask me to talk about tonight. And it's all about based on position. And I love what Pastor Cassie was singing on there. She was talking about holy, about the Lord seated on the throne. And the Holy Spirit told me, and you'll, you'll hear a common theme coming out of me, but what eyes are you looking through? Are you looking through the eyes of Adam in the fallen sin nature? Or are you looking through the eyes of Jesus seated on, seated on the throne? Because it makes a big difference when you read the Word of God. And it makes a big difference on your faith when it comes time to act and execute on the Word of God. Because if you're seeing yourself falling with Adam, you're always going to have problems. But if you see yourself seated with Jesus, it is such a big difference. So the three things that I was trying getting from the Holy Spirit was is first understanding how the kingdom of heaven works. And this is why Pastor Justin and Pastor Annette have been providing these lessons on Wednesdays, particularly healing. And now we're getting into prosperity. Understanding how the kingdom of heaven works. Because once you understand and you look through that eye, uh, that eyeglass of Jesus, and you're looking through his eyes, and you begin to understand how the kingdom of heaven works, it, it changes everything. It changes how you believe. It changes how you act. It changes how you walk. Hey, you're quick to repent. I mean, you don't run from Jesus. You run to God. I mean, it, it, everything just changes. So whose eyes are you using for vision? The fallen Adam, or are you using the risen, resurrected Jesus seated on the throne? Okay? Then... Number two, recognize how to plant your seed. And we were talking about that. You've got to find good soil. Hallelujah. And I could, heritage of faith is good soil. I've got to tell you that right now. It's good soil. Okay. But you need to ask the Holy Spirit where to plant that seed. Now, Pastor Rick got into it a little bit last week. But you need to know where to plant that seed. Because if you can recognize where you're aiming your seed and where you're planting it. See, a seed has instruction in it, right? If I take an orange seed... I, it already has the instructions contained on the inside of it. So that when you put it into good soil and you plant it, the seed knows what to do and the ground knows what to do. And I meditated a long time on Mark chapter 4. That's just a wonderful chapter. And I just began to go over seed with the Lord. And, and I was reminded of that. A seed has instruction in it. So when you plant your seed, number three is, is understand how to speak faith over your seed, right? When you plant it, right? Because if an orange seed will produce an orange... And it will make more oranges, and inside those oranges is good fruit, right? And then it has more seeds in there. That tree is actually ministering seed to you. And what did it say in 2 Corinthians chapter 9? What does the Lord do? He ministers seed to the sower. He gives you bread to eat, and it gives you seed to sow. Isn't that beautiful how the Word of God works? Isn't that awesome how His Word works when you plant a seed? Not only are you going to get a harvest, but you're going to get fruit out of it, but you're going to get more seeds that go with it. And the Lord is going to minister those seeds, Right? So that's the joy and the fun of asking the Lord where to plant it. You're asking him to help you where to minister and where to plant it. So those are the three things I was asking. Now, I wanted to get this scripture because when you go over the series, particularly when you're listening to Brother Keith Moore and Prosperity Proven, you're going to hear him 
use a golden scripture. He always likes to use a golden scripture, right? And we always like to use a golden scripture. And um, one of the reasons why you'll see men of God do this is, is in Ecclesiastes in the 8th chapter, in the first verse, in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Who is a wise man? Now, my, my antennas go up when I hear that, because I thought a wise man is somebody who's got all these gifts, all these abilities, someone who, you know, a big old brain, right? But the Bible says a wise man is a guy that hears and does what the Word of God says, right? So who is the wise man, and who knoweth the interpretation of a thing, right? Well, I want to be able to see beyond the moment, don't you? I want to be able to know where to plant my seed. I want to know, be able to actually see what's going to happen when I plant it. I want to know. The Lord knows it, right? So I want his wisdom. I want his input on it. See, knowledge will tell you facts, right? But wisdom will actually show you what to do. I mean, Noah got the idea, but he didn't have the wisdom on how to build the ark. The Lord had to give him the wisdom, and it's, it's in the Bible. It, it, he tells him how to do everything. The revelation of that wisdom came to him. And what happens to your confidence when you get wisdom? See, it says right here, your face will shine. That wisdom will make your face shine, and the boldness of your face will be changed. Uh-oh, now all of a sudden you've got confidence because you've heard from the Lord, you've got the wisdom from the Lord. So when you key in on these scriptures, when you hear these things that are being presented to you on Wednesday night, what, what we're doing is, and what the, what the Lord is doing is, is he's going to get your countenance to change. He's going to get you to get such an understanding and such knowledge that you're going to begin to hear the Holy Spirit. He's going to give you wisdom. And once you get that wisdom, man, your face is going to shine. You're going to, that countenance is going to change. And then you're going to plant that thing in faith. And there's not going to be holding any back when you do it. I say anything holding you back when you do it. So I just wanted to share that. But what, um, so my question is, well, we'll just go to the Golden Scripture. I'll come back to that. Third John chapter 2. Third John chapter 2. It's our Golden Scripture. Hallelujah. So we're going to put that up there. I like the King James Version. So we're going to go to 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Even as thy soul prospers. That word prosper is a wonderful word. I'm going to say it in the Greek. Are you ready for this? This is going to be fun. Um, it's, I had to spell it out in like baby talk so I could understand it. It's such an interesting word. It's you adaho. You adaho. And um, it, it's like a person going on a journey. You know, you're going on a journey and you're prospering on your journey. Okay, that's basically your steps in life, right? So what... The, uh, what, what John is saying here is, is he wants you to prosper not only in health, but that your soul prospers. Your journey prospers. Well, what's, what's the Bible say, peace? What's peace in the Hebrew? Shalom, right? Yes. Nothing missing, nothing broken in your walk in life. So when John was writing that letter to Gaius, right, I, I believe he was telling them in the way the Greeks talk, about shalom, right? Peace, because it ends with the word peace, that you prosper. And you start reading in the Bible, you hear about peace, you hear about prosperity. So, hallelujah. So I just want you to get a little nugget out of that, a little root to the fruit out of that, that your walk's going to be with the Lord. It's going to be prosperous, okay? Get in the presence of God. I'm just keying in on that right now. You just got to get into his presence. I know sometimes it's difficult because you're busy, but you've got to get into the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. So we're talking about prosperity, right? Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. And in verse 29, what? God makes man, right? He blesses them. He puts them in the garden, right? First words, Adam, here, be fruitful, multiply, fill up the earth, subdue it, right? Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowls, the birds, you know, over everything. Subdue it, you know. And what did he give? man in verse 29 he gave us something hallelujah he gave us a seed he gave us a seed time and space right what was time and space made for it was for us for sowing and reaping right so we could sow and we reap why does history repeat itself that was always the marvel question when i was in college why does history repeat itself sowing and reaping folks you sow you reap that's why that's why it repeats itself okay what you sow you reap it doesn't matter how many different solutions you do if you're sowing corruption you're going to get corruption that's just what happens sowing and reaping and i just got excited because you're going to hear this over and over particularly in this ministry you got a seed you ain't broke you got a seed you got the ability to change the condition you got the ability to change that and that's what he did to adam when he put him in the garden right then you go to genesis chapter 12 verses 1 and 3 i'm going to slide over there myself genesis 12 verse 1 to 3 and i'm just going to give a quick rundown we were talking about the god of abraham 
And so I just want to read these verses and just let them echo in your ears. Holy Spirit asked me to do a lot of teaching tonight. So just, hallelujah, sit back and enjoy it. Um, He says, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, get away from your kindred, from your father's house, unto a land that I will show you. I will make of thee a great nation, I'll bless thee, I'll make your name great, you'll prosper, you'll be a blessing, right? And I will bless those that that bless you, and I'll curse them that curse you, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Okay, this is going to be a repeating theme. Now I want you to catch something here as we begin to speak these words, as we begin to speak the word of God. What is God after? Okay, what is prosperity after? What's the purpose of prosperity? And I believe you all know that, but you're going to get more insight with the Holy Spirit on that. What is God after and what does he want? What does the Father want? And then where do you fit in in this vision? So as we're reading this, and as you see God operating through Abraham, as you see him operating through Isaac, as you see him operating through Jacob, where do you fit in on this? Because I asked the Lord, where do I fit in on this? I know i got to fit in in a son somewhere because all the nations of the earth are going to get blessed. The Lord is after something. He wants to do something, right? He wants to put his holiness in the earth. He wants to put his blessing in the earth. And he's asked us to do it. Hallelujah. He wants to do it through us. And that's something God's chosen to use us. I just get excited every time I read that. All right. So we talk, now let's go to Genesis 15. Genesis 15. I'm going to go to verse 5. <clears throat> And he brings Abraham forth abroad, and he shows him, and he makes him look into the heaven, look into the universe, and see if he can count all the stars, if you can number them. That's how your descendants are going to be. That's how your seeds are going to be, okay? This is where I started picking up on Abraham. This is where I started picking up on the blessing, guys. I realized something happened. I I, I got intimate with the Lord, like with Pastor Cassie when she's up there singing. I got intimate with the Lord and started just going over that scripture over and over again. And I just started meditating on it. I just started to praise on it and just praise that scripture. And what happened was, is I saw Abraham being lifted up in the spirit. And the Lord took him into the skies, into the universe. And I mean, he looks, he's looking at all the stars, all the galaxies, man, they're there. And he's looking at everything. You know what he was seeing? The future. Okay? Every one of us belongs in that future. He's just looking to get it in through it, right? He's looking for somebody to get the the future into. He's showing Abraham the big picture, the big vision, right? And Abraham's catching hold of this. He said, that's how your descendants are going to be. Where do you fit in that picture? Where do you fit in that picture? Think about that, okay? Let's go to Genesis. uh, Let's go to Genesis chapter 17. And we'll go to verse 1 through 8. Abraham's 90 years old, and he's nine. The Lord appears unto Abram, and he says, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me, and be thou perfect. Basically here, he's telling Abraham to refocus on the vision he's given him, okay? And I will make my covenant in heaven, right, between me and thee. Or I'll make a covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply you exceedingly. So Abraham, Abram, he falls on his feet. So God starts talking with him. Yeah, he's he's having an intimate moment with the Lord. Right? Okay? So what the Lord's going to do to him? He's going to start showing him a vision, right? But I like what the Lord does here. As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee. Thou shalt be the father of many nations. Neither shall your name be any more called Abram, but now your name's Abraham. For the father of many nations I have made thee. I will make thee exceedingly fruitful. I will make mm, nations of thee. Kings shall come out of thee. I will establish my covenant between me and thy seed. He's talking through Jesus, right, forever. And the seed in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed. And then in verse 9 he says, And God said unto Abram, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generation. And we've spoken about this. Pastor Justin talks a lot about this. It's, it's generation, isn't it? This thing is generation. Hallelujah. So you know what I did when I read this? This was about, about a couple years ago I read this. And uh, I got on my hands and my knees with the Lord, and I prayed over my children. And I said, Lord, I thank you for not only blessing each one of my kids, but allowing one of them to always stand before you forever in every generation. If you can do it with Abram, Abraham, and that's what the scripture says, right, then, then my seed's included in that. So I prayed over my children, and I said, Lord, I know that every, for, from now until eternity, there's going to be seeds standing before you, praising your name. So I began to confess that over my kids. Hallelujah. I just got so excited of this. But there's something I want to share with this. And if, if Charlene will do this. You, do you got a mic for a second? 
I want to ask her to say this because she shared something with me, and we, we prayed about this one time. But there was a man who had a field, and he inherited this field from his father. And it was very prosperous. And I want to make sure she says it so I get it right. And he stopped doing what the Word of God said. And he stopped sewing out of it. I'm going to go ahead and just share that with you. I want to say it. And what wound up happening was is, is it started to go bad. I'm putting her on the spot. Yes, you are, actually. <laughs> you are putting her on the spot. But, but, but I, I want to get it right, so I want her to say it. <laughs> well, there was a... Do I have to say it? We, okay. we do this a lot when we okay, go to the prisons. The there was ministry. someone that, uh, that had a feel, and it was something I was reading out of those Hebrew books, a little uh, small book. A little homage. And his father had always talked to him about tithing. And so after his father died, he left him um, the farming land, but he didn't continue to tithe. He stopped the tithing. And so he didn't prosper after that. He wasn't seeing that fulfillment in his life. So basically, is that what you wanted? That's the one. But there is more here. Go ahead. There is more here, if you would allow me. Oh. Okay. I will allow her. Amen. If, if you would allow me. One of the things that um, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me about the seed and before we can go move on into um, prosperity, the Lord said that for many of you, or for some of you, you're not settled on the question of the tithe. Amen. And so, because you're not, you're not fully persuaded that tithing is for today. And you can't really move into prosperity without the tithe. Because it's the tithe that connects you to the blessing of God. And so, what we have to understand is this, that it's God's will to prosper us. And one of the avenues that he does it is through the tithe. And so, when you remove the tithe or try to eliminate the tie from prosperity, you just cut yourself off from prospering. Even though the Bible says it's the will of God that we prosper in, in John 3, 2. And so one of the things that was on my heart, and I, I asked the Holy Spirit, and I wasn't planning on this at all, but I, the Holy Spirit actually woke me up this morning to pray about, I said, I was up for three hours, and I really could not understand exactly what it was until um, during my time of prayer, things about today, and I was actually seeing people here, here, and I didn't share this with my husband because I didn't want it to interfere with the message that he was supposed to deliver today, but I was seeing people, and one of the things that the Lord was showing me is that the light need to come on. Because the light switch was off, but it need to come on. And the only way to get the light switch on is to begin to teach. See, everything is established that God has established. He's established in the beginning. Everything operates on a seed principle. And if you don't understand that, one of the things I heard Dr. Savelle teach years ago is that... Um, he used a scripture, and if I can read it real quick, I'm not going to take very much time here, but it kind of ties in to um, what I believe the Lord needs to get out <laughs> so that we can move on. Because if a man doesn't tithe, he's like a man that's uh, stuck on the side of the road. Because you can't move into the, the position to be a blessing when you are not a tither. And so one of the things that I heard Dr. Spill teach on a long time ago, and actually it was years ago, and I was trying to understand about giving and, re and receiving, and he woke me up to uh, listen to this, to this minister, in which I didn't really know much about Dr. Spill at that time, but it says here that um, in Genesis uh, 1.29, and God says, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which you made mention of, which is upon the face of 
of the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you it shall be for meat so anyways God has given everyone everyone seed we have seed okay think of it like this think of yourself pretend that we were all farmers and there was an apple tree and we all planted apples okay and so just think of it, that tithe represents those apples that you set aside for God. Okay, but what happens if you eat those apples that, that was intended for God? See, because every seed, the tithe is the, is the best seed, it's the best of the best seed. And it's the seed that we're supposed to set aside so that God can increase us. See, because the, the tithe has a seed that's it that has seed within the seeds. So if when you, when you actually, when you take the tithe and you begin, for instance, you take your paycheck and you don't set it aside, like, and then you begin to take that, that, the best, because the tithe represents the best that you give to God. And Malachi says, God, people were bringing him one-eyed chickens. They were bringing him, they were bringing him in, uh, like uh, things that were broken and lame, if you read in Genesis. And so what happened is this. It says that when they weren't bringing God the best. See, when you don't bring God the best, see, because the tithe represents the best that we have, that tithe right now which was supposed to be the best, was the seed that was supposed to produce more seed so that you can begin to produce more money. You get what I'm saying? Because if you don't have that, the seed, the tithe, if you don't give God the tithe, you just cut yourself off from prospering. You just cut the flow off. And so when, when you asked me to come up here earlier to pray over people, I was sensing in my heart as I was coming to people, and I'm like, Lord, you showed me this this morning. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I'm praying over people. But one of the things when I got to certain individuals, and this is not to condemn you at all. This is to convict you so that you can move into the era of prosperity where God wants you to be at. Well, one of the things that I would get to certain individuals, and I heard the word tithe. Tithe. Because a man that doesn't tithe is again like a man is stuck on the side of the road and you can't move on to the air of prosperity until you tithe. Because you're never going to have enough if you don't tithe. And it's a, actually a violation of spiritual law not to tithe. And so if you want to get the law of seed time and harvest to work in your life in the way that God wants it to work, because the, the seed time and harvest applies to everything that we do. We talked about the sowing and reaping. But the thing is with the, with the tithe, if you want to get the seed time and harvest where you're producing and you're always producing, because if you don't tithe, you're never going to have enough. You're going to always be in lack. You're going to always be in lack. You're going to always be in lack. But you can break that chain. You can break that chain. You can make the decision saying, you know what? Today I'm going to choose to be a tither. And you know what? Even as I'm speaking right now, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, some of you are getting this. Some of you are going to take this and begin to apply it to your lives so that you can see fruit in your life. Because God is out the fruit. He out there us being a, a people who represent who he is. I think that's all I have to say. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tell you what, the Lord will bless individuals with great wives. Amen. Hallelujah. And um, many times... Many times I'll be sitting there and we'll be ministering and the Holy Spirit says, bring up Charlene. Like, okay, I'll bring up Charlene. But hallelujah. But what, was, what I found interesting in that whole testimony about that individual was his generations, right? That father taught his son about tithing, right? He taught him about the blessing and taught him about tithing. And he just, for whatever reason, he just blew it off. And the fields were very, very prosperous. And... Um, after he had stopped tithing, all of a sudden, it just, I mean, it just went down. And all of a sudden, those words that were planted into him by his father 
all of a sudden, what, what, what happens when you witness to somebody? Don't get disappointed if they don't receive it right away because when you plant that word of God on the inside of somebody, it's there. That seed's down in there and you keep praying for them. Boy, that, that seed glows, man. It just glows on the inside of them. And um, those seeds came back up. It was generational. It got passed down. And so the, is what you're seeing here with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob, and then you see it in Joseph. Then you, you just see it all throughout the Bible, right? You see it being generationally passed. It's the wisdom and the understanding of the blessing. That is where the prosperity is. It comes from the intimacy with the Lord, the understanding of the scripture, understanding what it means to do that, being obedient to it. That's the generational thing. See, that's what produces it, right? Hallelujah. So thank you, lovely wife. What, what, what I'd like to do now is in Genesis 27, um, I'm going to skip over here for, we're, we're going to go, we, we know he talked to Isaac, and he told Isaac to sow in the land of famine. Now, I'll just touch on that briefly. Um, I got excited when I read that, because some of you might be in a position where you're saying to yourself, how in the world is God going to meet my need in the position and the place I'm at? Well, I'm glad you asked, because when you read about Isaac, and the Lord told him to stay there in the land of famine, man, they hit those wells everywhere. And what happened when those wells got dug up? Everybody benefited from it. He could have stayed there and fought for those things, but they threw him out of those wells. Isaac's like, okay, I'll just come over here. And he dug another well. They threw him out of that one. Okay, comes over here, he digs another well. What's going on? Everybody's getting water. Isaac's going out there at the blessing of the Lord. The blessing is changing that desert into an oasis. He's being used by God. Everybody's benefited from benefiting from it. We've got to understand where we fit in the blessing and what the blessing is for. It's for others, right? It's for others. That's what this is for. And when you catch oh, in Proverbs, talks about the bountiful line. There's a scripture in Proverbs, I think it's in the 22nd or 29th chapter, talks about a bountiful eye. The guy who's got the bountiful eye, he gives to the poor, the ability to see, the ability to see blessing. Can, can you imagine the Lord taking somebody in here and you start working at a McDonald's, okay? And you think, how in the world can I reach the world and fit into the blessing of Abraham how can I meet this vision by working at the McDonald's? And the next thing you know, two years later, you're the manager. Another three years, you own it. Two years after that, you own a second one, right? Ten years after working at that McDonald's, you own three of them. Twenty years later, you've, you've got so many of them owned, and, and other people are running it, that now the Lord asks you to run for city council. Now you run for city council. Then you run for mayor, then you run for senator, and it all started because you started to flip, you were obedient to God, and you started flipping a hamburger in the middle of nowhere in an economically depressed area. And oh, by the way, as the Lord begins to bless you, you go into that economically depressed area, and now they have jobs. Their kids are now scoring high on the SATs and ACTs. You've just taken an area that has just been economically depressed. All the land value shoots up. All of a sudden, generations changed, and it all started because you were just obedient to go flip a burger. I mean, oh, I mean, this is, what the, this is what the blessing does. And you know, the Lord might tell you, I want you to be a senator. And it starts by working at a McDonald's. See, and that's what I was talking about. The Holy Spirit giving you the ability to see beyond the moment. And you're seeing this in the scriptures here. And we're going to get to some of this. And in Genesis 27, in verse 28, we, we, we talk about Jacob and we all know the story of Jacob. <laughs> Jacob's name was Surplanter, right? And, you, and one of the things you start learning on and picking up on when you, when you start meditating on the scriptures and you go over this, where did Jacob learn how to be such a deceiver? From, from his family, right? From his mom. His mom was the one that told him to dress up and put all that skin on. His mom was the one that told him to deceive. So he goes in and he deceives to get the blessing, right? Well, naturally, what, what is Esau going to do? He's not going to be happy, right? But what kind of uh, position is the Lord in right now? And I want you to think about that. And this is where I, I say, see the vision. What is God trying to do? What's he trying to do with that blessing? Where is he trying to go with it? Okay, where are you fitting in on that? Because we look in verse 27, 
Isaac says, therefore, God, give thee the dew of heaven, the, the fatness of the earth, plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee. Nations bow down to, the, to thee to be Lord over thy brethren. Let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee, and blessed be he that blesseth thee. We are the light of that blessing, okay? That blessing is there for a reason and a purpose, okay? Jacob was surprised after he found out what happened, or, or, or Isaac was surprised after he found out what happened that the blessing actually stood there, st- stuck, stuck to him and stayed there, okay? We'll find out later, and they'll, pro- they'll probably get into it in next week in the God of Jacob in part two, that he wrestles and he gets his name changed, and he's no longer called a deceiver. And you'll see before he was actually in that wrestle that evening with that angel, you're going to see that when he started to go back into the land that God had called him to go back to, he did something. He started sowing into Esau. He took of his flocks and he took of his herds and he began to sow. He's not being deceptive anymore, is he? Because he got deceived, didn't he? He goes to marry, (laughs) he's thinking he's marrying Rachel after seven years of hard service and boy, does Laban pull a fast one on him. He got switched just like Esau got switched, right? And so he had to serve another seven years. But what I saw in Jacob when he was coming back, now he understands the blessing. He understands what it's about. He's got got an an understanding now of the blessing. And so he begins to send to Esau wave after wave. Esau's looking at the horizon. Here comes sheep. Here comes camel. And I mean, he's just standing there being inundated with all this blessing. And then he meets that angel. And then, of course, what does that, the angel say to him? Your name is no longer Jacob. You've now overcome, right? Your name is now or Israel, right? He calls him Israel. So we see something here. We see a change. Um, and that really touched me when I was, was reading about this. But what I want you to do is go to Genesis chapter 30. And I want to share something with you. Because when I read this, hold your hat. <laughs> You're going to get excited. Genesis 30, we'll start at verse 25. And it came to pass when Rachel had mourned Joseph, that Jacob said unto Laban, send me away that I may go unto my own place and to my country. Give me my wives, my children, for whom I have served thee. Let me go, (laughs) for thou knowest my service which I have done thee. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee if I have found favor in thy eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for thy sake. Hallelujah. That blessing is on him, okay? And everything he touches and everything he does. And he said, appoint me thy wages and I will give it. Well, how many times did Laban switch his wages? Many times, right? So here we go again, right? Laban's back into the deceiving, right? And he said unto him, you know that I have served thee and how the cattle was with me. For it was little which thou hast before I came. It's now increased unto a multitude. And the Lord has blessed thee since I came. And now... When shall I provide for my own house also? Now, folks, I want to say this. My wife and I caught a revelation a long time ago when we first got married, and I was in the Air Force, that the Lord is going to bless the people that you work with. He's going to bless the commanders that you work for. Now, when we started listening to to the messages from from Jerry Savelle, and we started picking up on the blessing, and you have a seed. You're not broke. You have a seed. The Lord's given you seed. We began to pray with one another. Okay, And we began to speak this blessing over our life, and we began to incorporate it in our lives. And the unit I was at won the best unit. The commander got all these awards. I got all these awards. Everybody got all these awards. The blessing of the Lord started coming in. Salvation started happening. People started getting saved there. It was just a really neat thing that was going on. The blessing started coming in. My life changed after that. And um, it all came from reading this, understanding about seed time and harvest, tithing, and about giving, okay? And we'll get a little bit more into that. And he said, what shall I give thee? In verse 31, and Jacob said, thou shalt not give me anything. If thou wilt do this one thing for me, I will again feed and keep your flock. In other words, you're going to deceive me again, and I'll be stuck here again for Lord knows how long. And so in verse 32, he says, I tell you what. And now where does he get this idea, folks? The blessing gave him this idea. I want you to see that. The blessing gives him this idea in verse 32. I will pass through all thy flock today. I will remove from thence all the speckled and spotted cattle and all the brown cattle among the sheep and the spotted and speckled among the goats. That shall be my hire. So shall my righteousness answer for me in the time to come. Verse 33. So shall my righteousness answer for me in the time to come. Hallelujah. 
What, is, what happens? What does Laban do that day? He goes out and swipes every spotted brown goat he can find. Now there's nothing there. Do you think Jacob panics at this point? No, he doesn't panic. What's he do? The Lord gives him a vision. And if you go on to read for sake of time, he tells him to take some sticks and peel the bark off of them and stick them in the water trough. When the, when the healthy animals and the strong animals come, and boy, something came over them, right? And, um, and they started to produce. And then when the weak cattle came, he takes it out, right? And the Lord had him do that for, it doesn't really say how long, but we know it at least was for a growing season because what happened? Every cow, I mean, every sheep that was born, they were all speckled and spotted, every one of them. And I, it just touched me when that happened because he took a stick. I've tried scientifically to try to prove that. How can a stick do this? How can a stick where you peel the bark, a poplar, and you put it in a trough, how can that make animals want to do that? There is nothing scientific about that. But the Lord did that, and every one of those animals that were born we're speckled and spotted. And he walks away with multitudes. And we know because when he sends all this stuff to Esau, I read how much stuff he sent to Esau. And I'm like, good heavens. And this is only part of the stuff he left with. So when that, all that stuff that Laban had stolen, and some of you may have been stolen a lot of times of, or someone may have ripped you off, right? Or anything like that. Well, look, look at what happened to Jacob. He stayed in the blessing. And... Um, there were three reasons, and we're running short on time. Um, there's three main characteristics that guide Saul and Jacob, and I'll just get to those. Because the Holy Spirit, I like when he has his own way. Amen. I mean, folks, I've, many times I've prepared and come in, and the Holy Spirit has just changed everything. And um, so he was a man who was willing to change, and he was obedient to change, and we saw that. His first name was Jacob. He was called the supplanter. The Lord started talking to him, told him what the generational blessing was. He changed. Now he's Israel. Now he's watching the blessing. He's believing on the blessing. He's seeing it at work. He understands now it's for a reason. He changed. You can change. You can change. That's the beauty of this. The second thing, first thing was he was a man that was willing to change and he was obedient to change. The second thing is he trusted God with his finances. He was a tither. And when he was on his way, to go see Laban. Of course, Jacob's ladder. He saw the vision where heaven opened up. The angels are coming up and down. He says, whoa, this is a pretty cool place, man. This is the, the Lord is here. So he takes the, he was sleeping on a bunch of rocks for a pillow. That's got to be uncomfortable. But he takes it and he piles that up and he pours all that oil on it. And he says, Lord, if you take care of me, right, you feed me and clothe me, I'll tithe. Okay, where did he get that? Got it from Grandpa Abraham, right? Got it from, from Isaac, his father. I'll tithe to you. And uh, there's, just, there's just beauty in that. Key in on that. What is the blessing for? What's it all about? Where do you fit in the blessing? Where is it, where's God got you in that vision for the blessing? Because it's there. If you can understand the blessing, where you fit in the blessing, what it's for and why it's there, the Lord will begin to use you. You'll begin to have the bountiful eye. You'll begin to start sowing in economically depressed areas. You'll begin to start sowing in times of famine. You'll begin to start sowing, and there'll be a confidence in on the inside of you. And it'll become exciting, and you'll get excited. And wells will start coming up in your life everywhere. Everything will begin to prosper. Hallelujah. He was diligent. Number three, he was diligent. He was not a lazy person. He never quit. He kept on striving for success. He was fruitful and he was obedient where God put him. Okay. I've many times I've been so impressed with the Holy Spirit. He's taken me to do some things that I would never want to do in the natural, but I've done them and it's opened things up. And that's why I talked about just flipping a burger at a simple hamburger joint, you know, Lord, I don't want to do that. You know, I, I want to do something else. But if you can trust the Holy Spirit and not be lazy, if you can be trustworthy where God puts you, then there might be times when you might have a little talk with God because I have talks with God lately with some of the things I'm doing, right? And the Holy Spirit reminds me of this. Remember, Jacob was worthy in what he did. Remember that you get promoted if you are faithful in the little things. He'll promote you in the big things. Because I start picking up on this, folks. That's where the roots grow. In order for it to grow big on the outside, the roots have to grow big on the inside. And um, hallelujah. Um, 
man, Holy Spirit. Okay. In 2 Kings, I'm I'm just going to tell this, okay, because there was one other thing the Holy Spirit wanted me to do. In 2 Kings chapter 4, there was a woman who had children, and her husband died. Okay, he died. They owed lots of money to the creditors. And back in those days, if you owed money, they came and took your kids, right? She must have owed a lot of money because she was desperate. And um, she comes to the man of God. Now, who's our man of God today? Jesus, right? She comes, and what office did the prophet stand in? Elisha stand in, the prophet of Jesus, right? That's, that was the office he stood in. He wants to do something for this widow woman. Her husband was obedient. He was faithful in all that he did. If you're faithful and obedient in all that you do, no matter where you're at, right, the Lord's going to promote you. He's going to promote you, okay? She comes to the man of God. She doesn't run from God. She comes to him. She says, he's been faithful to you, he's been loyal to you, and he's died. The creditors are coming. They're going to come take my kids. What do you got in the house? Oh, man, this, oh, this, folks, let that just resonate on the inside of you. You've got something. You are not without anything that God can bless. All this woman had was a Coke-sized jar of oil, okay? And um, she brought that to the man of God. And he takes that thing. Now, we know he heard from God because he came up with a really weird and wacky idea. (laughs) Go find every pot you can find, okay? Now, she's got a little Coke-sized can of oil, and he says, go get the big five-gallon drums, you know, the big ten-gallon drums, you know, because some of those pots were really big. <laughs> the woman of God does it, okay? She doesn't murmur or complain. She just goes and does it, right? And she fills that house full of it. This is what the blessing does. This is what the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob does. This is what the blessing does, okay? The bountiful eye. The prophet was in a position to hear from the Lord. He gives her instruction. He gives her wisdom. Okay, and that's why the Holy Spirit had you come up tonight. And that's why he had you come into agreement that he's going to give you something to sow. You've got something. He's going to ask for it. Show it to the man of God. God, this is all I've got. What do you want? All my stuff, all my material, everything i got. What do I have that you can take and bless it? Hey, he knows... Look what he does in in 2 Kings chapter 4. So she begins to take that Coke jar and she begins to pour that oil in that five-gallon drum. Now, folks, let me tell you something. If I'm taking a little bitty 12-ounce jar and that thing is filling a five-gallon jug, what do you think I'm going to (laughs) do? I'm going to tell my kids to go knock, break down every door you can find, find every jug, every, every cup, anything you can find that can hold something. Get it. Because it's working. And you know it took a long time. She has to go fill all these up. Now, I don't know the rate of speed that it came out, but it probably took a while, right? Well, the prophet told her to close the door, right? <laughs> I closed the door. Hey, hallelujah. She had so much that not only did it pay off the creditors, but she lived on it the rest of her life. Right. Now, I was really impressed with that with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. on how that happened. And so I was... In the Air Force, I owed lots of money, and all I had on me was $40. I was fed up. I had 40 bucks. At that time, I was a captain. And I won't get back into it because I want to glorify the devil. But let's just say I owed lots of money and didn't have any. And it was the beginning of December, and all I had was 40 bucks on me, and I owed money, money, money. Christmas is coming, and all I got is 40 bucks. And I said, Look, I, I remembered the God of Abraham. I remembered the God of Isaac. I remembered the God of Jacob and what the blessing was for. I'm not broke. I got a seed. So I took that $40 and I I held it up. I was at work and I held it up. I said, Lord, all I got is $40. And this ain't going to do this. So I ask you where to plant this. So I planted it. It was like a Thursday. Someone comes up to me. And says, you know what? I feel like taking you to lunch today. Now, see, I didn't. I hardly. I just had a few cans in my cu- in my cupboard. I feel like taking you to lunch today. You want to come eat? I'll, I'll I'll pay for it. Okay. So he takes me to lunch. Okay. All of a sudden, the first sergeant comes up to me, 
right after I come back from lunch, and he says, hey, tomorrow night there's a graduation going on for the airmen. They go to leadership school. I can't make it. Can you, can you go in my place? I'm thinking, now see, see beyond the moment. You got to see beyond the moment. I said, all right, Holy, Holy Spirit says do it. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. You know? So I said, yes. As he walks away, he turns around, and out of his pocket, he pulls a ticket and says, hey, you get a free roast beef dinner. Now remember, I, I, I'm just going to tell you, all I had was $40, and there's a lot going on, so I, I gave that seat, okay? We get to the event, and not everybody shows up, and the lady comes out to my table to me, and she says, I got all these roast beef dinners. I don't know what to do with them. I'll take them. So, boy, did I eat good that night. Okay. You got to see beyond the moment, right? A couple, a couple weeks earlier, a guy had approached me and said, hey, you know, we're, we're going to give this contest for high schoolers to write about, you know, why they love their country and all that. We need some judges. How would you like to be a judge? All right, I'll, you know, I, I'll do it, okay? Well, now all of a sudden, it's two weeks later, I'm in this financial bind. It's going to last for a little bit. And um, he says it's going to be at this fancy seafood restaurant in Cape Cod. Very expensive. Now, I don't have any money. Zero. And I know we're going to be in a restaurant. You're going to smell all that food, see all that food. I was like, oh. I'm like, all right, I'll do it, okay? He walks away. He turns around and he says, you know what, by the way, get whatever you want on the menu, anything, I'll pay for it. I'm thinking, hallelujah, Lord, I'm really starting to like this. <laughs> this is really working good. So then, this is the blessing of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? It's for a purpose. I'm celebrating praising the name of the Lord. I like to paint, right? So I painted a little picture of the, uh, at that time I was at that radar site at Cape Cod. And so I painted a picture of it. And I just brought it in, and, and so I hung it up on my wall. It's just a little bitty eight and a half by 11 one. And a guy comes by that works with me, and he says, hey, how much you want for that picture? And I was like, $40, because I gave $40. It didn't take long to make. He goes, all right, here's 40 bucks. So now, what measure you give, it comes back, right? That's what Jesus says in the scriptures. Okay. So I, he buys that, and I, okay, I got this. Well, Four other guys come in and want the same thing. Well, I just happened to have some extra canvases at home. So that weekend, I painted a bunch of pictures up, come walking in. Now I've got, well, 120, getting more money coming up. Now 160, right? So now money's starting to come in. I get promoted at that time. And I make major, okay? Well, what do you do when you get promoted in the military? You give a festivus, a festival, right? So you got to put on a, a burger thing. You know, have people come in, you have burgers, you know, you supply the soft drinks and all that. You got to provide that. That costs about 100 bucks. I don't have the money, right? And I'm trying to figure this out with the Lord. I'm using the money because I got to pay bills. Oh, by the way, you got to pay bills, right? So as I'm getting the money, I'm paying the bills, right, that I owe. And, um, oh, hallelujah. The squadron commander comes up to me and says, you know what, we don't normally do this, but we got this idea that if you allow us to pay for your promotion party and you allow us to, because a couple other airmen got promoted, why don't we just have it a squadron-wide thing? Tell you what, the guys will get together and they'll chip in and we'll just pay for it if you, if you let us do it. Or, we, we didn't want to infringe on it. We know it was your promotion party, but if we'll pay for it. The guys will get together, and we'll just chip in, and we'll pay for it if you let us do it. Yeah. So now, now I got that paid for, right? Okay. And so I'm just like, all this started from just trusting God, the blessing of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and just taking that seed and sowing it where he said to sow it. Well, it just keeps going and going and going. And... Um, I put in for that job at Diego Garcia at the same time. And, you know, hundreds of Africans put in for that. And I got a call a couple months later from a colonel. At that time, I was a major. He says, are you, you Major LeMay? I go, yeah. And he goes, and he starts asking me all these questions. I'm like, why, is this, why are you asking me all these questions? And he goes, you're, you're Major LeMay, right? I go, yeah. And he goes, you put in for this job at Diego Garcia, right? And I go, yeah. He goes, well, I'm the guy that hires. And he goes, and I want to hire you. And I was just like, Hallelujah. So 
I got this really nice command assignment. And then after that, I got to go to England and be an exchange officer. Then after that, I got to go to the Pentagon and work at the Pentagon. And it all started from that $40. Just trusting the Lord. Just stepping out on that blessing. And, and as the increase began to come, and as the promotions began to come, my friends would look at me and they would say, how did you get that job? Because there's hundreds of applicants that wanted that. How did you get that? The guy that gave me the job to go to England was my squadron commander when I was at Cape Cod. And he just happened to be at personnel. He just happened to be at the desk. When that job came open and that job was available and they're looking for somebody to fill it, my name just happens to be there on his desk when the job happens to come there. And he calls me up, calls my commander, calls the general up and says, hey, ask Major LeBay if he wants to take this job. Yeah. And so I took it. Well, what's interesting about these jobs are is there's more money with them. When you go overseas, you get more money. And in the certain jobs you get in the post, you get, you get additional money. So I was just getting blessed. I was making, like, I was making so much more above. What, what I would normally make because of that. And then when, I'm, then when I'm in England, right, a former friend of mine who's now working at personnel, who now just happens to be looking at the jobs at the Pentagon, just happens to be there when my name comes up, calls me back and says, hey, how would you like to do this job and work for the chief of staff? Uh, I mean, or even for the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff at his, at his ops center. At the Pentagon, I was like, are you kidding me? That's the best of the best, guys, that go work there for the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and work down there in his office for J3. I was just like, Lord, that, and, and the Lord reminded me, when I joined the Air Force, I remember talking as a second lieutenant to a colonel, and I asked him about one day going to the Pentagon and working at J3. And then the Lord let me finish the Air Force doing that. So I, I know I went late tonight. But what I wanted to do is I just wanted to share testimonies with you. You know, right now, I don't have the big jet. Right now, I may not have all the, the big things that you see, but I got the blessing. And I know it's producing it, okay? It's producing it. And uh, I'll just, just tell you, for the, this being the year, the greater, okay? My wife and I have gone overseas four times now. Hallelujah. Doing, doing stuff for the Lord. And um, the money was provided. We planted the seed. The money came in. We were able to use that money to provide for all those trips. You know, the Lord is just so good. Oh, and my dad. Okay, my dad was attacked with an illness. And uh, a couple months ago, it looked like he wasn't going to make it. And um, the year of the great breaking loose. And we all stood up. And we're praying and we're believing for the Lord to do a breakthrough in our family's lives. And if anyone had anyone in the family that was needed a breakthrough, that, that was my dad. And so I stood up, and um, my dad is recovering back so fast now. Hallelujah. He has recovered. He's out of the hospital. I mean, he has recovered. And you know what the beauty is about this thing? I told my dad. It came out of me today as I was talking to him. I said, Dad, you're not, the Lord's got something for you. He's got something for you to do. He needs you. He's got something for you to do. Folks, this is no joke. This is the year of the great breaking loose. This is no joke. God wants us to prosper. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is no joke. It's no joke. This stuff works. All it takes is this asking God, what seed can I use? And I'm going to get more testimonies from that seed, but I spoke a lot, but thank you. God bless you.